Our scripture reading today comes from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. Hear now the word of God. God said to me, Son of man, stand up on your feet, and I will speak to you. And as he spoke, the Spirit came into me and raised me to my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. He said, Son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have been in revolt against me to this very day. And the people to whom I am sending you are obstinate and stubborn. So say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are a rebellious people, they will know that a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, do not be afraid of them or their words. Do not be afraid, uh, though briars and thorns are all around you and you live among scorpions. Do not be afraid of what they say or be terrified of them, for they are a rebellious people. You must speak my words to them, whether they listen or fail to listen. But you, son of man, listen to what I say to you. Do not rebel like that rebellious people. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. A few months ago, I was catching up on the news, mostly because my day had just been feeling too positive. And these days, you can pretty much be guaranteed the news will fix that. So I was reading articles about different things and stumbled on one from a while ago about the death of print media. The media, the article said, was destroying hard copy newspapers and books and magazines. Everything was available right there on the internet for free. So people didn't want to pay and wait for a hard copy of something that they could read on the internet right then for free, and this was destroying the news. Journalists had to produce stories faster, they had to make them more dramatic, to stand out from everything else on the internet. And suddenly, the Wall Street Journal is competing with BuzzFeed. So reporters don't have time to research or check sources. Reports on important and complicated issues suddenly have to be summarized in a few bullet points, or ideally, a meme. And evidently, very few people know what a meme is. <laughs> you can ask the youth in front, they'll tell you. Uh, basically, online news is destroying civil discourse and throwing our nation into a death spiral. What was weird about this article is it was published by a major newspaper, and I was reading it online for free, <laughs> which felt like complaining that the house is burning down when you are yourself a firefighter, or that a man's heart has stopped. Somebody please do something when you yourself are a doctor. Surely, if the media is broken, the media could do something about it which is why I've stopped watching the news. I still read it. It's just that no matter what channel I put on, someone is telling me about how the media is destroying America. The media has become mean and petty and simple and dramatic, and it lies and it's biased, and the news is always telling me about how the news is tearing the country apart. But which news outlet, which one is saying, hey, aren't we the media? Do you think we could be a part of the solution? 
I was in this class at Princeton with about 50 other people. And it was about ministry to young adults, and the discussion about millennials had gotten heated. Millennials are people between 22 and 37 years old, and the class was railing on them. They're lazy, they don't know how to work for things, they don't commit, and they always blame someone else. They don't take responsibility for anything, it's always someone else's fault. Someone needs to do it for them, on and on, until someone raised their hand and said, Who all in here is a millennial? 97% of that group was millennials. This whole conversation about how horrible millennials are, and 97% of us were millennials. It was brutally ironic. The whole room ragging on millennials for always blaming someone else, not taking responsibility for themselves. And here we are, collectively, blaming every millennial not in the room. And no one said, hey, aren't we millennials? Could we be the change? Clearly, this problem isn't just millennials, and it's not just the news, but this impulse really matters to this passage. In this story, God is calling a guy named Ezekiel to be a prophet, and Ezekiel is going to take a message from God to God's people. He's going to speak truth. So you would expect God to start by giving Ezekiel the message. But he doesn't. Instead, God makes sure Ezekiel understands that the people are rebellious. So he just needs to speak God's words. It doesn't matter if they choose to listen or not. Ezekiel just needs to speak God's words because their choice doesn't reflect on him. So he shouldn't let himself be bothered by whatever they say in response or the way that they look at him. It doesn't mean you're weird or dumb or wrong. Their opinion doesn't count because they're a rebellious people. They're so rebellious that Ezekiel basically just needs to ignore them, to block out their reaction, to block out their opinion, their judgmental looks, and just focus on what God is saying. God's real concern is in verse 8. But you, hear what I say to you. Do not be rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. God's first priority with Ezekiel is to make sure he understands you can't be rebellious too. I know rebellion is all around you, but don't let that drag you down. Don't spend your time being upset that no one else is being faithful. Don't spend all your time just being upset that no one else is being faithful. Just do what I tell you. If they reject you, you're still a prophet. If they make fun of you, you're still a prophet. Everyone in the media seems to think there's a problem with the media, that something is broken. But how can everyone in the media be a victim of destroying the media when they themselves are the media? They eat what the world is giving them, and suddenly everyone in the room is a victim, and no one has any agency. And a lot of millennials think that something is wrong with millennials. And a lot of the others say we're just easy to blame for the problems of the world. But either way, becoming a victim of that situation is a choice. 
If the problem is how millennials act, then every millennial has agency to fix that. Now, I'm not sure any of us are members of the media, and only a handful of us are millennials, so let's refocus this on something else. As God's church, we are not victims of the culture. We are prophets to it. We can't spend our time being upset that no one else is faithful. We just need to do what God tells us. Hear that again. As God's church, we are not victims. We are prophets. It's easy to hear about the changing tides of our culture. People used to know their neighbors. People used to be able to disagree and still be friends. We used to be able to walk to school. And the church used to matter. Everyone used to know that the church matters. But the cultural tides have shifted. The world is different now. The culture has changed, which is obviously true. Except, what does that mean, the cultural tides have shifted? If I wanted to find culture, where should I go? Where should I go looking to find American culture? Who ships us Christian culture? Is there a room full of culture somewhere and we just receive what they send us? Ugh, I wish they would stop sending us such a horrible Christian culture. That's not how it works. Now, I'm not denying that the world is different. It absolutely is, and parts are better and parts are worse. And there are unique challenges to being a Christian today that people didn't have to deal with in the past. But does that mean we're victims? This is my point this morning. God called Ezekiel to be a prophet because God's people had become rebellious. And the first thing God does is he makes sure Ezekiel knows he's a prophet. He doesn't have to become faithless like the people are. Don't eat what they're feeding you. You're not a victim. You're a prophet. And God is calling this church to resist the sense that we're victims of the culture. We're not victims. We're prophets called to embody and speak God's truth. Which sounds inspirational and powerful, but how do we do that? If you look at this, it's like a manual. The story starts with Ezekiel lying face down in the dirt, and then God says to him, stand up on your feet and I will speak to you. Did you hear that language? Stand up on your feet. Today, you can make a choice to stand on your feet and then I will speak with you. And the process has to begin there with standing on your own feet because as long as we're victims of our circumstances, as long as we simply complain that things are different, that things are worse, we've eliminated the possibility of change because change begins by reclaiming agency. Yes, hard things have happened. Yes, things have changed. Yes, the world is different. But we can still stand on our own two feet and make a choice. And when we stand up, God speaks with us. Not to us. God speaks with us and makes us partners in what will happen next. 
there are times where we are so beaten down, so discouraged, so ashamed, so brainwashed by our circumstances that we can't get back to our feet. Which is part of what is so amazing about this verse. God calls Ezekiel to his feet and then a spirit enters into Ezekiel and sets him on his feet. God does what we cannot. And in that moment, being flat on your face becomes a matter of perspective. You see, you can be flat on your face because life knocked you down. You lost. You're flat on your face because you got hit one too many times. But flat on your face is also a posture of prayer. When life knocks us down, it puts us into a posture for prayer. So when you're flat on your face, in that moment you can say, it's not because I'm a victim It's because I'm praying. And God will send His Spirit into you and lift you to your feet. We do this as individuals. It's part of the rhythm of life. When we're knocked down, we pray and God lifts us back up. And we do it as a church too. And this is why Christians can't lose. There was this Greek god, Gaia, who was the goddess of earth, and she was nearly unbeatable because every time she was knocked down, she would be on the earth and she would regain her strength. And that's a myth. But that's actually how the church works. Every time we're thrown down, we're thrown into a posture of prayer, and God lifts us up again, and we get stronger in Christ. Which is why God's advice to Ezekiel is so important. Our God is always faithful. Our God is always powerful. Every time we're thrown down, God will lift us back up. So the only way for us to actually lose, the only way is for us to stop praying and allow ourselves to be defeated. To be won over by the world, to eat what the world is giving us. To, to complain, become rebellious. But we are the church of God. So we aren't victims. We're prophets. In Kenya, they were dealing with massive starvation. And as their population grew, their farms commercialized. They began robbing the soil of all its nutrients and crops would fail and people would starve. And the people were thrown down into the dirt on their face. And the church there began to pray. And would you believe that God lifted them up and set them on their feet again? And now many seminaries in Kenya have added a surprising class to their curriculum. Pastors are required to learn about crop rotation and soil nutrition. Because when the church is thrown down, God picks us back up again and sends us out, not as victims, but as prophets of truth that brings life and healing. And although the world may change, we aren't victims. We're prophets. And we can worry about the church being different. And we can complain when life knocks us down and we can point out that things used to be better and they used to be simpler and that the culture now has changed and it's even worsened. And we can worry and we can complain and we can feel defeated or or we can pray with our heads to the ground and let the Spirit of God Lift us to our feet. Because you and I are prophets. 
The media might have problems. Millennials might have problems. The culture is surely broken. But we are not victims of any of that. We are prophets. Given a truth by God that the world desperately needs to hear. So wherever you find yourself this morning, stand on your own two feet and know that God will speak with you. Let us pray. Lord, this morning we acknowledge how easy it is to feel like a victim to let ourselves feel helpless in the face of everything that goes wrong, in the face of everything that changes. But Lord, because of you, we are not victims. We are prophets. So we ask that you would send your spirit into us and lift us up, that as we go into the world, we would be proclaimers of your truth in everything we do. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.